Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to the FTN NBA Podcast with your hosts, Adam Pfeiffer, Joe Metz, and Zach Graham. Presented by the FTN Network. Bringing you the analysis you need on breaking news, betting markets, and your fantasy lineups. What is going on, everybody? Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. The first FTN NBA Podcast of the new calendar year. I am your host, as always, Joe Metz, joined by my partner in crime, Zach Graham, Kweisenberg, DFS, whether we're on the podcast, NBA streams, NFL streams, it seems like we are always doing something together for FTN. Zach, how were your holidays uh, and how have things been over the last couple of weeks? They were great, man. I mean, uh, you know, we did the, uh, I think it's the last time we were on the podcast feed was the the Christmas live yeah. stream, yep. prepping yep. for that Christmas day slate, always uh, in my opinion, the best day of NBA DFS. Um, you know, a lot of food, friends and family, and a lot of hoops, a lot of gambling. So yeah. uh, the, the yeah. kind of the perfect combination there. And then we took off last week, uh, you know, had a good New Year's, et cetera. Um, but you, I mean, it's good to see you back in healthy, man. We didn't pod last <laughs> week, not just because of the holidays, but because you were in the yeah. health and safety protocols. I was, yeah. It was uh... – Pretty, you know, it's it's always obviously you catch COVID where you least expect it. Like the small family gatherings is, of course, where it happened. Fully vaccinated, and I got hit by an absolute Mack truck. Like every symptom from vomiting to lightheadedness, fatigue, you know, shortness of breath, everything. So I'm I'm glad uh, it's it's kind of rearing its head behind us now. Family's safe and healthy, and that's really all I can ask for. But I will say, I I don't know if Serena has made it this far through the podcast. Thank you, but. If you have, turn it off now because the best thing about quarantine was having the house to myself with basketball on <laughs> for, for like three nights. It was phenomenal. Um, but we have a, a fun show today. Uh, Zach and I are going to go over a couple of things, just some standouts and takeaways uh, over the last few weeks of the NBA and how things are shaping up as we approach the new year. And we are now like we're nearing the end of the first half of the season. All-star break of a mere, I believe, five, six weeks away. Um, and, and there are we're at the point in the season where trends have developed teams struggle with certain, like it's, it's nothing is as fluky as it was in the beginning of the regular season anymore. So we'll hit on a pair of uh, trends or takeaways as we enter 2022 each. And then I have a fun game for you, Zach. I'm going to oh. give you like a blind taste test per se. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you some stats for a trio of player pairings comparing two players. Okay. I want to know what player you would take mm-hmm. 
and then I'm and then try and if you can guess who they are, great. Uh-huh. Okay. But if not, you know, I'll tell you and it'll spark some discussion because there have been a lot of standout players this year and a lot of the opposite of players that everything pointed to them having a phenomenal season and it just has not come to fruition yet. Before we dive in, the one thing I want to hit on uh, to, to cross our T's and dot our I's, if you have not checked out the new DFS pick tracker on FTN Daily, completely free. Zach, you plug it on the show, which is also free all the time, five days a week. Uh, you can find picks for top prop, super draft. You can find picks for price picks. You can find picks for jock market. You can find picks for underdog, monkey knife fight. Like anything you can think of, we have picks there for literally every sport from NBA, uh, as we're talking about now, to esports, to MMA, to NHL. Uh, speaking of NHL, Chris Meany, if you aren't following this man in NHL prize picks, you are literally missing out on consistent streams of income. Um, but it's, it's all free. Go to F10Daily.com. You can find it at the top bar, uh, the top menu bar, excuse me, of the new user interface and, and new site layout, which is extremely user-friendly. So check that out, the DFS pick tracker for all of your niche site needs. So why don't we dive into some takeaways as we head into the new year, I'll start with you, Zach. What uh, we'll start. I see each of us have like a team oriented one um, mm-hmm. and then more like a multiplayer oriented takeaway. So let's start with like a team takeaway that you have heading into 2022. Yeah. And it's a team that we've, we've talked about already, I think multiple times this yeah. season at length, but they just keep performing. It's, it's the Chicago bulls. As we sit here on, on Tuesday, January 4th, recording after those games tipped off, a little five-game slate tonight on a Tuesday, sitting in first in the East, 25-10 and 10 are the Bulls with a two-game lead over your Milwaukee Bucks and Stefano's Brooklyn Nets. Um, and, and obviously that's just on the surface impressive. I don't care what team you are. Yeah. You know, you're, oh, yeah. you're almost halfway through the season now. Um you know, I was looking actually trying to calculate uh, Spurs tanking odds at this point of the season with different <laughs> postponements and just the schedule varying for different teams. Most teams have played between 35 and 38 games. So like I said, we're, we're nearing that halfway point. And to see this Bulls team be at the top at this point of the season, like it's a lot different. We look at them when they're like, well, I don't know what they were, seven and one or whatever the first yeah, time yeah. we really brought them up. But the fact that they've continued this, and it's it's been a, a recent run that's vaulted them to the top eight-game win streak here for Chicago. But the most impressive thing is that they continue to do this missing, I mean, every important rotation player on this team yeah. at one yep. time or another. Um, and, and that also it clearly varies. Like you look at Patrick Williams out for the remainder of the regular season early in the year to the detriment mm-hmm. of my – best ball teams uh, going so that was kind of the first big uh dick kick if you will for those teams um (laughs) but then they've missed i mean alex caruso with the the foot sprain right you've you've missed vucevic zach levine demar Derozan, uh uh kobe white kobe white for recovering from surgery then he was in the protocols uh, rookie Io DeSumo was in the protocols. Freaking Javante Green was in the protocols. And now he's out for something else. And he's been starting yeah. in place of Pat Williams. And we could keep going and talk about Troy Brown yeah. Jr. and Tony Bradley and all these other guys that also spent time in the protocols. But the fact that they've been able to keep it together 
and and not just keep it together, but be the best team in the East record wise is is pretty amazing. So I, I got to give this team their props for for where they are. Um, but let's dive in a, a little bit deeper to uh, how they've gotten here, right? And I mentioned that eight game win streak. First of all, Chicago, to my recollection, was really the first team that the NBA caved in and said, okay, we're going to postpone a series of games for you guys because of all the absences you had. You saw, I think that was like mid-December. Yeah, I think they postponed two or three games. It was their five days worth of games. I think it was two or three games that week. Yeah, it looks like uh, um, Detroit and Toronto games, the 14th and the 16th, where the week or 10 days prior, you saw Charlotte being the first team that got hit up and you know up and down the depth chart and none of their games were canceled so i remember at the time thinking okay like what triggers this is that because the bulls have so many all-star caliber players they play in a bigger market whatever it was that certainly helped them uh to have those two games postponed those could have been losses uh then they had another game postponed uh because of toronto's covid issues so they had three games during this stretch that were postponed. Um, so again, taking those off the schedule, opportunities uh, to lose, taken uh, again off the schedule. So you look at the eight games they've won: Lakers, Houston, Pacers, Hawks, Hawks, Pacers, Wizards, Magic. And keep in mind, over the last ten days, the Pacers have had a lot of issues, both with COVID and injury. Atlanta has been decimated by COVID and injury over the last two plus weeks. So to me, that four-game stretch isn't super impressive. It's it's not impressive to beat the COVID-riddled Wizards. Uh, the Magic, even if they were full strength, is not a super impressive win. So the win streak, I mean, I don't care who you are. It's impressive to win eight NBA games in a row. I'm not trying to take away from it, but yeah, just yeah. to put it into context, I do still think that even though they sit at the top of the East, they remain third at best for me, I, I think, as the season plays out, barring some sort of crazy – injuries or trades or whatever it's going to be brooklyn and milwaukee fighting it out for that top seed when all is said and done but but chicago has thrown their their hat into the ring and they're certainly not backing down Uh, another issue i have uh, or maybe not issue worry is the defensive rating it's at 11th which out of 30 teams is is just fine you're above average there but yeah you look at the teams that are around them and like, does it make you feel good to be essentially equal in defensive rating with the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Oklahoma city thunder, the Los Angeles Lakers who have been shit. I mean, on both ends of the floor, (laughs) but what they should be. Right. So like if you're, you're in that range, I don't know if like, I think the number 11th in defensive rating is more impressive than what they've actually put together on that end of the floor. And, and again, Milwaukee ninth, Brooklyn sixth, those teams performing better as a whole, in my opinion, even though it's not totally showing in the standings. I mean, but again, I think I'm just hating every time I've said something bad about the Bulls. They reel off a couple wins against impressive teams earlier in the season when I was saying that was going to derail them. And now, you know, I'm sure they will continue to rattle off wins and, and remain near the top. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, a big standout for me that they're sitting in first as the calendar turns to 2022. This seems like a moment of personal growth that you just called yourself out <laughs> for hating now um, after all the slander. But yeah, I mean, they've been phenomenal. And I think 
like you you hit on like DeMar DeRozan's play, the first player in NBA history back to back nights to have a game winning three. Um, he's been playing like I'm not gonna say like an MVP. He's currently fifth right now in MVP odds, twenty eight to one on DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron James is forty to one on DraftKings. Really, that seems like a smack. Obviously, we aren't saying he's going to win. LeBron, in my opinion, should be more like fifteen to twenty to one at worst. Yeah, forty to one. So, looking to bet, like I think that's like Steph Curry still is the overwhelming favorite, which I, I we can get into on another podcast. I don't agree with, um, but forty to one for LeBron, twenty eight to one for Demar Derozan. Dude, DeMar DeRozan, I, just, I just want to mention the the Demar Derozan MVP talk was in my notes there for this segment, and yeah. that parentheses. I put LOL. LOL. That just yeah, that just tells you what I think. Well, I love Demar. It's, it's, I get it. He's, He's playing no arguably the best basketball of his career, but yeah, he has absolutely no shot at MVP. No <laughs> shot. And that's the, the thing is that is no disrespect to him. Not um, at all. So I want to move on to another team in the East that has pleasantly surprised me: the Charlotte Hornets. They haven't done anything groundbreaking this season. Um, I was on their over 38 and a half wins before the season. It, it felt a, a win or two too low. They're sitting at 19 and 19 right now. Uh, they are seventh in the, or excuse me, eighth, I believe, in the in the uh, East. But you want to talk about a team that has dealt with the difficulties of COVID. At, at some point or another, I, their entire rotation was out with COVID. Mm-hmm. Some together, some separate. Um, any mixture of LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Mason Plumlee, Terry Rozier, and Cody Martin. Just to name, that, that's six players. There were more that were in and out of the protocols, but those are arguably their most important six guys outside of Kelly Oubre and Gordon Hayward, who have luckily found themselves avoiding the protocols. Um, but they have all been out at some point or another, together, separate, whatever it may be. They're already halfway to their projected win total, and seven of their 19 wins have come against teams that are top seven in their conference or better, Golden State, Cleveland, Brooklyn, the Wizards twice, Denver, and Memphis. Um, they are beating teams. like Obviously, they're beating good teams, those seven games. They're, they're losing to good teams as well, but they're also beating teams that they should beat, which I think is a, a very good sign when you have a team this young. They're not necessarily uh, con- like constantly falling to the level of their competition. Um, I, this team has and will continue to have a massive ceiling. I think the biggest takeaway for me is just that it's they're gelling a little qu- more quickly than I had anticipated. And the, the other standout is Gordon Hayward's been healthy this season. Has he missed a game? I, I, I probably should look that up prior. I, he, he has not had an extended absence. Um, but Gordon Hayward, he's as missed one. He's, he's missed, missed one game. So the thing is, you look at Gordon Hayward's last three years. Or I think four since he signed that contract after his career year in Utah. I don't know if he's made it 38 games before without missing multiple games. So I do think that is a very, very good sign and a pleasant surprise from the Hornets playing at the fastest pace in the NBA, uh, just over 101 possessions per game. They're third overall in offensive rating. That's insane. The issue though, is that they're 28th in defensive rating. Like you can put Josh Kalachi at center, and he will <laughs> drop a 2020 game on the Charlotte Hornets. Um, they, their defense is down there with Portland and, and Houston as, as the three worst defensive units in basketball. If you literally tighten up the screws and somehow sneak to league average defensively, you're looking at a very, very strong team. 
assuming you don't see a drop off anywhere else. So Charlotte Hornets are surprising me. I think they are at the very worst to play in team this year, but I feel very good about that 38 and a half win over. Yeah. And, and you should, uh, I guess only really two things for me to add on to that. Yep. Um, I guess, I guess three, we talked about uh, the Hornets too, kind of early in the season when I was prognosticating on the overreaction pod that LaMelo would end up being the MVP of the league this year. <laughs> well, that's not going to come correct. Uh, it, it does, it does seem like the Hornets are, are set up for a nice little stretch run here. Um, you know, you mentioned the COVID struggles that they remain at 500 in that eight seed, only two games out of the six where they wouldn't have to play in the play in. Um, and, and one thing that stands out to me, 24 of their 38 games so far on the road. Uh, so a very, uh, backloaded schedule in terms of home yeah. games, which can, can all, that, I don't think that can really hurt them. Uh, yeah, nine and five yeah. at home this season, 10 and 14 on the road. And then I guess the last thing talking about Gordon Hayward off the top of your head, you know how many all-star appearances he has? Does he have none? He's got one. He had one. That was that year, year. that career year in Utah that got on the contract with Boston. $180 million he's made in his career off one all star appearance and do $90 million still over the next three, including this year on that four year $120 million contract. So, uh, yeah, maybe the contract doesn't look great, uh, but certainly contributing to a team that uh, has a a bright uh, future ahead, certainly at the end of the season. Yeah, 100% agreed. So why don't you segue us into your second takeaway, uh, a little more player-focused than than overall team-focused. Sure. Uh, getting a little bit of news here now. looks like Larry Nance into the health protocols for the Blazers. So Portland just can't get right, man. Uh, also, okay, okay. I need a sidebar for 30 seconds. Sure. How the hell did Portland control the game from start to finish on Monday night <laughs> Against the Atlanta Hawks, who, yes, the Atlanta Hawks are dealing with COVID issues. John Collins out. They've had their wings mm-hmm. out. They got Kevin Herter back yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. They got Danilo Gallinari back yesterday. Mm-hmm. Cam Reddish was ruled out. They have Trey Young, who is one of the best point guards in the NBA right now. You can mm-hmm. argue he is the second best point guard right now. I, I, if you saw that tweet I put out today <laughs> with the player AMB comps, one was Steph Curry. The one that 95% of the people voted for was Trey Young. Uh. How the fuck do you lose to that Portland team? Without Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, uh, a, a misconditioned and and hampered Yusuf Nurkic, um, like I, I just can't. This team, Portland, is like the most frustrating team in the NBA because they have too much talent to be as bad as they are, but they win the games you bet against them. So sorry. Is go it ahead. <laughs> is it stupid to say that I think the more impressive performance in that game, not just because they won, but because of the caliber of players that they each are, Trey. 56 and 14. That's fantastic, obviously. Yeah. No knock on that, but 43 points from Anthony. Yeah, that was awesome. 13 and of 21, like, 9 of 16 from three, 8 of 8 from the free yeah. throw line, 7 assists, 3 boards for good measure. Like, that was his career game. Uh, and I thought that should have gotten the headlines this morning since they picked up the win. Yeah, it should have. And, you know, he had the post game interview. Uh, I guess his, his grandpa had died 24 mm. hours prior to that game. Um, so it's it's obviously always cool to see things like that, those kind of narratives play out. Obviously not cool that those yeah, things yeah. happen, but how right. the players kind of own those like um, and, and yeah. run with it. So Go out there. he's been playing great this year when he's yeah. been on the court, obviously. 
yeah, obviously love to see somebody go out there in a, in a tough time in their yep. personal life and be able to have uh, elevated success on the court, kind of use that as some emotional fuel, you know, an emotional night for, for Anthony there. But we'll, we'll get back on track here. Uh, you know I'm always down for a good sidebar, <laughs> Joe. Uh, but, yeah, my second little takeaway here, maybe it's a little silly, um, but you know I'm a fan of both of these guys and, and have been for a while. What's in the water in Turkey? Oh, here we I go. Mean, this, is, this is an NBA, not a EuroLeague podcast. I'm going to preface yeah, with but, that. But let's, okay. Over the recent history, like in, in our lifetimes of fandom here uh, as NBA fans, NBA nerds, etc. Think about all the Turkish forwards and centers. And the fact that you can probably off the top of your head name two or three uh, I think is pretty impressive for a country that's not the biggest country in the world by any means and has had plenty of basketball success there, the Turkish league, a uh, 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 fine league in its own right. You think about the guys that have come over to the States just in the last, I don't know, 15 years, right? Like uh, we've got obviously Enos Cantor, Enos Freedom, uh, as he's known now, uh, that's still in the league, but like, and I guess he's also technically still in the league. Ersan Ilyasova, right, uh, came into yep. the league in 05, now on a 10-day, I think, with the Bulls. Not sure if that's expired or not yet, but going back even further, like Mehmet Okur was, Ooh. you know. Oh, from I mean, Utah, like, I forgot about him. You NBA champion with the Pistons in 04. Yep. Um, you know, long career with the Jazz when they, they couldn't get over the hump uh, Lakers and Spurs during that run. They just, you yeah. know, I think they made it to the West finals. I know they made it they at did. least yep. once. Yep. Um, you know, Darren Williams, heyday there in, in Utah, but Carlos uh, Boozer, I mean, AK 47. That was a really, yeah. really, really good uh, that, team. Yeah. I, I, I like that team now better in hindsight than I did as a, a teenager. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wild, yeah. you know, ridiculous Spurs fan. Spurs just, fan yeah. yeah could, could not <laughs> like those guys at the time. Um, you know, I talk about O'Kerr, Omar Ashik. You know, uh, yep. who stole a bunch of money from from the Bulls and the Rockets and the Pelicans, <laughs> um, but you I know, forgot had, about him. Oh my yeah, god, had some great years uh, with the Bulls, some great performances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our our Philly contingent, maybe Tyreek remembers Furkan Aldemir uh, played about forty games for the Sixers, but over a three year span, he was on the bench there. I, I remember him from my early days of NBA DFS. Uh, Given Adam Pfeiffer, our, our uh, lovable co-host performance in the Christmas edition of who he played for, I, I doubt he remembers <laughs> the days of Semi Erden with the Celtics and his Cleveland Cavaliers back at the beginning of the 2010s, but he did play 69 very nice NBA games. Uh, so again, just, just running down the list of these uh, centers and forwards coming out of Turkey over the last 15 years. And I guess I would, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Hito Turkoglu, uh, you know, oh, yeah. went to the finals with the Magic, played a year for my Spurs uh, in that year, the, the, the .04 year when they lost to Derek Fisher on that shot. Yep. Uh, that was ooh, painful. And then and then Turgaloo also stealing money eventually from the Magic, from the Raptors for sure. I don't know if uh, Josh Kruger, our, our resident Canadian, remembers the Sprite and pizza commercials that Hito Turkaloo was in. But Turkaloo started out as a swingman, became more of a front court foot, you know, could have been a stretch five in today's NBA with the size that he got up to at the end of his career. Um, so, you know, had to mention Turkaloo in there as well. And, 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 you know, we're not even talking about the guards for Ken Korkmaz, uh, Shane Larkin, who was in the league for a while now in the Euro league, 
you know, so Chetty Osman for the the uh, Cavaliers, obviously. Um, but all that to to say this, you know, I mentioned what's in the water in Turkey. How about these Turkish rookie centers this year? I've talked up my guy Alper in Shangun, uh, MVP of the Turkish league at age eighteen. Um, uh, you know, uh, I've I've said multiple times that I wish I had the video of of me reacting to the Spurs taking Josh Primo over Alperin Shangun. It was a lot of expletives and (laughs) all that. A lot of screaming, yelling. I think I said who to Josh Primo. I knew who he was, but like why? Yeah. Anyways, he ended up going to the Rockets as everybody or most, I would think, everybody listening to this podcast knows. And per 36, I mean, this guy, almost 18 points a game. Nine and a half rebounds, five assists, almost two steals and two blocks per 36 minutes for Alperin Shangun at age 19. I wish he was a spur. I, I think he's going to continue to be a fantastic fantasy asset and develop into mm-hmm. a really fine NBA player. And then looking at the, the Miami Heat, uh, we've gotten to see this guy showcased recently with, with their COVID and injury strike, I guess for them in the front court, it's more injury struggles with Bam's UCL injury and then Dwayne Dedman, I think, shin or knee. But yeah. Omer Yurtsevin, uh originally playing in the EuroLeague with Fenerbahce in Turkey, uh, a, a good player there, made his EuroLeague debut back in 2015, uh, did play uh, one of the preseason games. You know, we bring those EuroLeague teams or the Chinese teams over to play preseason games. Played against the Nets in 2015, had eight and seven with a block in his 15 minutes there. So this guy has been on the radar for a long time. Played two years at NC State, 2016 and 2017. Was actually suspended uh, by the NCAA for the beginning of his first year there because of the fact that he played professionally for Fenerbahce and then transferred, had to sit out a year, played at Georgetown. And a rookie in the NBA, uh, not by decision, was undrafted in the 2020 draft, signed by the Oklahoma City Thunder, waived the next day, and then ended up on their G League affiliate, the Oklahoma City Blue, uh, put up some pretty massive G League stats over the summer, signed with the Miami Heat. Obviously, that's where he is now. We made a good amount of money off playing Yurtsevin in the summer league, uh, so we were not surprised uh, when we had some success in the regular season jumping on Yurtsevin in this elevated role. Uh, with both Bam and Dwayne Dedman out for this team. Per 36 this season, Omer Yurtsevin, 14 points, 15 boards, one and a half assists, one steal, and one and a half blocks per 36 minutes for Yurtsevin. So again, old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I ask, what is in the water in Turkey? I love these Turkish centers. It's not <laughs> just with these two guys. We went through the history of it. Yeah. I love them. It's crazy how many – like, how many centers can come out of one and small th- country? And it's, it's – the thing is, these guys you're naming – whether it's now or at some point in their career have been like a very impactful player. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like every, every single one just brought back a very nostalgic memory, particularly Ursan. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like you said, like Shangun and Yurtz have been like, these are two guys we've exploited in both the betting market and the DFS market. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there, those two or three games when Christian Wood was out two of those three. Shangun was phenomenal. I, mm-hmm. There was one foul trouble. Something happened. Just didn't play very well. And Yurtsevin, in the midst of some great basketball, uh, and I know Josh Gross continues to make money on his over 12 or 13 and a half rebounds. So mm-hmm. these guys just know how to just eat glass, and that's probably what yeah. they had for breakfast in Turkey or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. Um, I'm going to transition to my take quick before we, we get to the best part of the show. Um, so – I understand the transition from the collegiate level um, to the NBA. There's growing pains, particularly from an efficiency standpoint. But I'm about to name three rookies right now. Only one of them played a year in college. Uh, one played, obviously, overseas uh, and in uh, down under. And Jalen Green played in the, in the G League for a year. Um, these rookie guards... Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, the two preseason favorites to win Rookie of the Year. Right now, Kate Cunningham, third to win Rookie of the Year. Jalen Green is seventh. And then Josh Giddy, the third, is fifth. Three of the four players, three of the four favorites are forwards in Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, and Franz Wagner. Um, and, and I think aside from, I know Kate Cunningham missed time, J- Jalen Green missed about three weeks. Uh, but aside from that, they're, they're just been glaringly inefficient basketball being played by some of these guys. And this, this isn't to discredit what any of them is doing on the, are, are doing on the court. You know, Josh Giddy in particular has been playing phenomenal, just recorded the f- youngest triple double in NBA history, but none of these three players are shooting higher than 39 and a half percent from the field. None are shooting above 32.7% from three. Cade Cunningham, a 40% three-point shooter in his one year at Oklahoma State, is shooting 31.8% from three, and he's quite literally allowed to shoot whenever he wants. Jalen Green, probably the highest volume player of these three, 39.5% from the field, 32.7% from three. He is you know, a bad team. I, I did think he'd be fed a little more, but he is surrounded by a lot of high usage and high volume players. Uh, and Kevin Porter Jr., Eric Gordon when he's on the court. Uh, Garrison Matthews has been shooting like eight, nine threes a game, and Christian Wood in the front court. And Josh Giddey, 39% from the field, 26.1% from three. We know Josh Giddey's game isn't predicated really on scoring. Um, you know, you, you and I had talked on stream uh, a few days ago, and he had that double-double where he failed to log a point. But 
26.1% from three is a bit of a head scratcher. So I'm just kind of surprised that we are now nearly 40 games into the season. And these three are still struggling pretty mightily from the field. Um, We've seen the upside from these three. As I mentioned, Josh Giddey's triple-double when SGA and Lou Dort were out. Uh, We saw, I want to say it was mid-November maybe, Jalen Green uh, absolutely lit up the core. I think he had hit like eight threes or something like that. And we saw Kate Cunningham. He's He logged a triple-double, didn't he? I think he's had more than one. I believe he has. Um, but like these guys, like again, I'm not taking anything away from these guys. They, I think all three have very bright futures in the NBA. If I had to rank career wise right now, I think I'd go K, Josh Giddy, Jalen Green. You can subject to change, whatever may happen, but all three are struggling mightily with their shot through the first 40 ish games of their NBA career. Yeah, Cade Cunningham uh, did get that one triple-double, rivaling rivaling Kimba Walker for the weakest triple-double of all time. Uh, That game went to overtime against the Lakers. That was the Isaiah Stewart-Bron punch game. Uh, 38 minutes, 6 of 21 from the field, 13 points, 12 boards, 10 assists in that one for Cade Cunningham. I think I'm least surprised. About the shooting woes of of Josh Giddy. Yeah. That was that really? was the that, that was, was the knock on him. Yeah. yeah, coming in to the draft. So not surprised that he's uh, you know struggling. Jalen Green, a volume scorer. I don't I don't know if he's ever going to be a sharpshooter, so to speak. Um, but I do think as as the season progresses, both Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham, I expect those numbers to come up slightly, not a ton. Um, yep. You know, I do think it's it's a smaller sample size with both of those guys because obviously Cade missed time at the beginning of the season. He missed time in the health and safety protocols. And Jalen Green missed a ton of time with that ankle injury. Um, so still a smaller sample for those guys than some of the other rookies, certainly yeah. yep, compared yep. to a guy like Josh Giddy. Um, but I guess the uh, before you, you throw these, uh, you know, blind taste test questions at me, I got some yep. questions for you. Oh, uh uh-oh. Actually, it's really just one question and then another point. Uh, Out of rookies who have shot 15 or more three-pointers this season in the NBA, who is the best from beyond the arc percentage-wise? 15 or more attempts, rookies. 15 is a very low number. It is. It's a very low number. Um, Is it Shangun? It is not Shangun. Oh, I don't. I don't think Shangun has shot fifteen threes. Has he not? Uh, uh, my other guess was going to be Scotty Barnes, but I think his volume is a little too high. Um, don't to... uh, don't don't fucking listen to me. Shangun shot thirty nine threes, but no, it is not him. He's sitting at thirty one percent. Okay, who is it? He can shoot the piss out of it. Oh, it's Jock. Oh, let's it's go. Jock Landale. Really? So, you know, I had to sneak in the Spurs corner. <laughs> Jock Landale, fifty percent from three so far this season. When he went down to the G League, he was tearing it up. Unsurprisingly to me, you see, if you watch him in the Olympics, uh, this guy can really score it. Um, I do think he's going to be a weapon. He's now overtaken uh, Drew Eubank's spot in that rotation, similar to how I overtake this podcast for a few minutes every episode to talk about the Spurs. <laughs> Josh Primo also shooting 41% from three. So if you want wow. the shooting, you uh, work with Go Coach Chip England down there in San Antonio. So uh, after that diversion, I apologize, Joe. No, you are I fine. do not apologize to the listeners. I know you come here <laughs> waiting for that Spurs news. Uh, yeah, had to just interject there. 
So, so moving on, we're going to move into, I have a, I took my morning, probably should have been working. I guess it's considered <laughs> work. I, I compiled three different player pairings. Um, okay. Comparing some blind player stats. I included in every single one points, uh-huh. assists, rebounds, player efficiency rating, field goal percentage, and three point percentage. Okay. I also, if you want, I can include the number of games they've played. Uh, but that can obviously be a, a topic of conversation. And, and for one of them, I included turnovers. So it's going to be kind of a head to head. The first thing I want you to do is try is tell me which player you want. Okay. And second, if you can try and guess who's who. Yeah. You ready? Works for you ready? Me. Okay. The first pairing. So 24 points per game, 7.3 assists, 4.1 rebounds per game, 40.2% from the field. 32.4% from three and a player efficiency rating of 19.5. Okay. Second player, 26.9 points per game, 4.5 assists, 5.0 rebounds, 49.4% from the field, and 36.2% from three. His player efficiency rating is 23.4. If you need me to repeat anything, let me know. Say the first one again. I got the second one. In so terms of I'm, the stats. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll when I when I'll run it back, I'll just keep it brief. 24, 7, and 4 per mm-hmm. game, 40% from the field, 32% from three. Give me the second guy. 27 a game. Is that yep. one of the is that one of the bulls? It is. That's tomorrow, then, right? It is. It is your uh 28 to 1 MVP candidate, DeMar DeRozan. He's played is in that, 32 is, games this year. He's averaging 27 points a game. Yeah, no, he's I mean, we've talked That's about remarkable. Him a lot, right? yeah, That's remarkable. Yeah, remarkable. Um is the other one like a, a Bradley Beal? No. It's not Bradley Beal, but that's not the worst. That's that's a pretty good guess. Okay. I'm just trying Different. to think cuz you said 24 points, right? Like I'm trying to think yep. of guys. Yep. I don't I don't unfortunately don't have the uh points per game leaders memorized yeah. in my head. Um <laughs> Yeah, that it's got to be like um, a Booker or a Lillard or something Bingo. like that. Bingo, you just it's, it's Damian Lillard. Okay, um, well, you know the so, fourth fucking guess. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Booker was actually one I was going out. One of the one of the uh, comparisons I was going to do is Booker and SGA, but then I was like, all right, like as I got further through the counting stats, Booker was just getting better and better. So I was like, all right, fuck mm-hmm. this. Um, but yeah, so Damian Lillard. We know the type of player he is. I'm not saying I will take on my team right now if I'm starting a team. I'm not going to take DeMar DeRozan over Damian Lillard. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. But he's clearly I not been the play Right now, if you are starting a team, you would take DeMar DeRozan over Damian I would not. I would. There's a take we did. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Um, I mean, he's just – he's he's. let me let me back that up a, yeah. a little bit, right? Like – his assist numbers are down now, I believe. Again, I don't have his, his stats pulled up in front of me, but I believe the assist numbers They're are down, down They're compared down. to what he did in San Antonio because of the team that he's on. He's just a better all-around player than Damian Lillard is at this point. If I want a fucking three shot from 36 feet away, I'm going to Dame over <laughs> almost everybody else in the league, probably besides Steph. Steph but yeah. like, if I want somebody who can facilitate the offense, get on the boards and score from all three levels. Like DeMar DeRozan does not shoot threes. 
He's a king I mean, of the mid-range. I mean, he shoots a couple, right, per game, I think, like maybe one and a half. But he, I, the thing I is he, he can if he needs to. That's the well, thing. Like, he, uh, what did you say with the three-point stats again? His was better, 36, right? His is 36.2%, Dame 32. So it's a much lower I, volume, obviously, with DeMar DeRozan. But yep. he's still shooting. I mean, 36% is great for DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. If, he could, mm-hmm. if he could do that on better volume, I mean, he wouldn't, you know – we would be talking about him more day to day. And I wouldn't put LOL next to him having MVP chances or discussion. Right. But like, God, he's been so good. Yeah, he has. And I think this is more, again, no discredit to Dame, but he just like, this is close to six points per game, less than we're used to him averaging. Uh, You know, we're looking at like 6% worse from three, 5% worse. from Like something is clearly not right with Dame. Supporting cast has been in and out of the lineup. Like, Portland is on a historic, like I was talking to one of my buddies about this today, like a historically bad pace defensively right now. Um, so there's, there's a mess in Portland and, you know, Damian Lillard's play has come around quite a bit, but it's certainly not the level that they had expected or, or desire. Um, so let's head into the second one. This is my favorite one. I'm going to leave the third one, like what I think is a gimme and it's going to be okay. more fun for us. The second <laughs> okay. one I think is actually like really fun. Um, okay. So player number one, 19.6 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 47% from the field, 31% from three. I know who that is. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Okay. Who is it? Say the, that's that's okay. Russ. It's got to be Russ. It's not. Look. It's... 3.7 assists per game? No, that's oh, not I missed Russ. that. I missed that. Part. I was listening to the points uh, and the threes. Like, I know Russ okay. is just under 20. God dang. Okay. Uh, second player, 18.3 points per game, 7.6 rebounds per game, 3.9 assists, 45% from the field, 28.7% from three. Who are you taking? If you need me to repeat anything, let me know. Sure. Um, I mean, this this sounds like overpaid forwards to me <laughs> well i think one of them is tobias yes you are you are right on that one okay one of them is tobias and who would you compare who has 
like you're I mean, comparing this is, this is they're at this like relatively the same position, right? Yeah, you can argue these two are the exact same. Okay, position. it's not like it's not like Tobias. No, no, no. Point guard. no. Okay. The, the the biggest difference was De- Demar Derozan and Dame. Like these two are both like you can argue a three four. Can you read the stats off again, just so I can pick now? Now that I, I was trying to yeah. think, who so they so were Tobi- than... Tob- Tobias is the eighteen point three, seven point six, three point nine, twenty eight percent from three. The other Ugh. player 19.6 points, seven point three rebounds, thirty one percent from three, three point seven assists per game. The I'll give you one clue. The player in question is making over thirty million dollars less this year than Tobias Harris. Miles Bridges. Nailed it. Nice. I, I guess I should have picked before, but <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, so so Bridges. I I've kind of been enamored with him this year. You know that, but he's been great. But holy shit, has Tobias Harris been a horrible contract? Like horrible. Yeah. He's yeah. I, we knew when this was signed. He's not a max contract player. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at like Philly fans are fed up with him. Look at the game last night. He gets the ball inbounded to him close to half court and just sits there. Zero idea that there are two seconds left in the shot clock, turns the ball over, gets booed. Good. Your fans should hold you accountable. <laughs> then he proceeds to kind of bully a player down low, hit a turnaround off the glass and, and score. And they cheer. And he yells at them not to cheer. Like, dude, it doesn't work like that. You do yeah. something boneheaded and stupid. You should be held accountable. You score and do your, like, and like, they should be able to support you. Like, I think Tobias Harris, like is, is, there are so many issues in Philly right now. He is a massive one of like he is not like getting talked about enough of how bad he's been. I mean, do you think that? And again, I, I think that our, the Philly contingent of the FTN Daily NBA subs could could definitely give us a piece of their mind about Tobias and what's yep. ailing him this year. But off the top of my head, again, Philly not the team that I've watched the most of this year. Um, but do you think that maybe Tobias is suffering? without Ben Simmons on the floor? I do. I think I think he – well, one, I'm sure that he's losing a bit of volume because Tyrese Maxey is going to demand more volume than a Ben Simmons. Um, I You can argue Tyrese Maxey is their second-best offensive starter, him or Seth Curry. Um, but I also think that he doesn't have – like, you know, people knock Ben Simmons all you want. He is one of the best passers in the NBA. And he knows how to get guys to their spots and get him open. Tyrese Maxey doesn't know that yet. And I think that is something Tobias Harris is struggling with getting open in his spots. But the thing is, sure, he, he's been open enough where he's still shooting under 29% from three. That's really, really, really bad. So yeah. I mean, I mean, give me Miles Bridges, obviously, over over Tobias Harris right now. Um, so we're gonna move on to the last one. This one should be very quick, very easy. Okay. And <laughs> Me saying it's on brand is the biggest clue I can give you. Player one, 19.6 points per game, 8.3 assists, 8.1 rebounds. Okay, there's Russ. Yep, okay. (laughs) 4.8 turnovers per game. Player number two, 17.8 points, 8.8 assists, 8.4 rebounds, 34% from three, 2.3 turnovers per game. And you know who it is. Yeah, give me DeJounte. Yes. <laughs> I don't like, so this is, you know, like this is kind of an unfair comparison. I, I like, I was going back and forth with my, my good friends who are eventually going to come on this podcast and have an NBA podcast of their own. I was kind of sending them these gauging their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And one said like, that is an unfair comparison, but I love DeJounte. Like this is both uh, an indictment of just like Russ, like stat wise, mm-hmm. he's taking a small step back. He's not averaging a triple double, 
But the thing is, if you don't go anything beyond his points, rebounds, and assists, you'd be like, oh, he's doing he's doing well for the Lakers. He's doing what they want him to. He's averaging almost five turnovers a game. Mm-hmm. Player efficiency rating nearly four points lower than DeJounte's. 30% from three. And the problem is he's making $44 million and he's taking really dumb shots. <laughs> um, like, I, I don't know how else to put it. Like, I could go back and forth. All, like, one of me and my buddy who I talked to about this, like, we literally just DM each other Russell Westbrook, like, like meme threads every day on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but DeJounte, holy shit, he's so good at basketball. Um, like, you he know, I so, I know, he is so good. He is quickly developed in, like, one of my favorite players in the league. Where would you, before we head out, where would you put him, like, your, your top point guards this season? Where would he be on that list? I mean, I guess some of it is like, you know, do you consider like James Harden's been playing point guard, but he's not the point not, guard yeah, tomorrow, no, right? Correct. Like, I'm, that's I'm not back. considering James Harden. Like I'm, I'm talking like for me, like to, to kind of help lead the discussion, like for me, he's like right outside the top five. Like for me, my top five, no order right now would be mm-hmm. Steph, Ja, Trey, Chris Paul, Drew Holiday. And how they're playing this season. I think that's DeJounte right, yeah. would probably be six. Yeah, it's. I don't think I can quite put him over Lamelo. Um, oh, that's a good call. Okay, okay, that's the, my my issue with Lamelo though. Like, he's not bringing on the, what Dejounte does on the defensive end. Correct. Um, like, so f- maybe that's like my fantasy basketball brain overruling my real yeah, hoops brain. Uh, certainly overruling my Spurs bias brain. Um, <laughs> but I mean, shit, dude. Like, if even if it's like seventh at worst right now, right? Like, yeah, yeah. The point guard position one of the most uh, widely available positions in basketball, certainly at the NBA level. I always think yeah. it's, it's much easier to replace uh, somebody at the guard than it is on the wing or certainly down low in terms of being elite. And if you told Spurs fans or NBA fans in general, that we would be legitimately, you know, deciding between DeJounte Murray being the sixth or the seventh best point guard in the league on January 4th, um, people would have probably said you were crazy. Um, and I know that he's developed into, I think, the untouchable player right now for the Spurs. Like, what could they possibly be. be getting offered back from any contender that they would give up on DeJounte Murray, who's on a fantastic contract? I love that you yes. brought this around to mil. being like, yep. we've now talked about the Spurs for like 10 minutes on this podcast and we haven't even gone an hour. <laughs> so I love that you brought me back here. But like, Dejounte, I believe, is getting he's making like, 16, 16 million this year. Yeah, because him and and Derek White are on very similar contracts, and they have him for essentially sixteen and a half a year, including this year, all the way through the end of the twenty three twenty four season. So, I mean, which is why, which is why you know we had discussed earlier in the year, like mm-hmm. one of these guys is probably going to be an asset in the trade right? market. It's right. It's I think it's pretty evident that it's going to be Derek White. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, like I think a a, a Derek White Thad Young package is what's going to be departing from this team yeah. before the trade deadline here in a few. I mean, almost a few weeks now, right? Like, Holy isn't that cow. a February wow. trade deadline? Let me, let's look up the trade deadline date because uh, you know we've already talked about the trade deadline. On I did my little solo pod messing with the trade machine. Yeah, uh, trade deadline NBA twenty twenty two. Thursday, February 10th, 3 p.m. Eastern. So just oh, over wow. a month. 
So maybe we we start we still we fire the trade machine back up on, on Thursday or next I, week or I, something. I think we have to. I um I'm gonna be flying to Vegas on February 10th. That's gonna be a fun day. Wow. Oh boy. <laughs> You're gonna have to buy that in-flight Wi-Fi. I know, you, I know. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Otherwise, my my phone might not be able to like if I turn airplane mode off, like I have underdog shams and woes notifications on. Yeah. It is like the ESPN. So like my phone might just malfunction once I turn <laughs> airplane mode off. So but I mean, he's like 16 million a year for him right now is a massive bargain. And like you said, like it's not like his contract is up after this year and he's going to go in then. Because the thing is, if his contract were hypothetically up after this year, he would be a max player uh, mm-hmm. going into the offseason. So it's, it's really cool to see what he's doing. Um, well, and he's the highest paid player on that team. Like they correct. have a lot of contracts that are, are movable. Um, mm-hmm. contracts Speaking of the that... Spurs, uh, Jock Landale in the game, Joe Weiskamp in the game. Oh, uh, yeah, they're down losing bad. Down twenty-two, eight and a half minutes left in the game. But Trey Jones and Big Body still on the court. Josh Primo, eleven points, five rebounds in a very, very quick. Uh, let me double check his playing time. Uh, you, you are not allowed to say "Let's go" for Josh Primo after what you said earlier. Oh come uh, on, I, I, come on. <laughs> fair. 11, five and three in in nineteen minutes. He's playing really well today. Obviously, for Primo. Oh yeah. I mean, he dude. He like Trey look, Jones, but yeah. That guy has been phenomenal here. About ten miles down the road from you for the G League Austin Spur. Mm-hmm. He's been great down there. And again, G League stats are not one-to-one to yeah. the NBA, of course. But, uh, I mean, I think you could make the argument that the G League is the second-best league in the world. At worst, it's third. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, I think I think it is the closest that comparison you can make. Yeah. Like, college, just throw it out the window. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, to, to have DeJounte for three more years, Derek White, if they don't trade him for four more, Primo for four, Vassell for three, um, you know, you've got the, I don't know. I just, I feel like they've got pieces here to start putting together something that resembles a rebuild, something that resembles a winning team because it's not there yet, but this is a team that has not. And again, I promise this is the last Spurs fucking take so we can get out of here and everybody can, I'm sure multiple people have turned the pot off at this point, but RC Buford does not give out bad contracts. He just doesn't. Um, you know, you've got plenty of contracts coming off the books this year. Bryn Forbes, Lonnie Walker. I don't think Lonnie ends up sticking with the team. I, I hope he does, but he he probably should go get paid more somewhere else. I think the Spurs probably going to allocate some of uh, their available funds to extending guys like Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, if he continues his ascent, etc. So uh, we'll be interesting to see how that develops. Again, they're setting themselves up. Big loss tonight. Keep the tank going. A top three pick would do wonders for this team's outlook. I like it. Well, I appreciate everyone tuning in for a quick 45 minutes with us. We'll be back on Thursday, or I guess uh, episode release this Friday, uh, January 7th. So this, if you are listening, likely Wednesday, January 5th. But appreciate it for the FTN NBA podcast. I am Joe, joined by Zach. Enjoy your night, and we will see you in about 48 hours. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the FTN NBA podcast with Adam, Joe, and Zach. Make sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at APFIFER24, at JMITS34, and at DFS. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode.
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.